Blog Talk Radio.
would like to welcome you to another episode of The Foundation here on High Frequency Radio Network. Once again, I'd like to welcome you to, you know, this episode, absolutely. The foundation where we understand incorrect information incorrectly applied to get you hurt. Even correct information incorrectly applied to get you hurt. So we focus on laying that foundation, correctly applied, correct information. And I would definitely like to welcome you to this episode. I want to start off, as I always do, I want to say thanks, peace, uh, all praises due, honors <clears throat> to the Creator and the ancestors, excuse me, for with them, without them, we would not be here with them, is how we do our dance. I want to say <clears throat> peace is obviously. Unequivocally, big up to Big Brother Yusuf L. High Frequency Radio Network, HighFrequencyRadioNetwork.com. You know what else can I say? I want to say peace and honors to all the live listeners, everyone that's tuned in, <clears throat> whether you called in to the switchboard. I want to listen to, I mean, I want to say peace to everyone who's checking us out live on the internet, you know, from the dot-com site. Peace and honor to all the archive listeners, anyone who's going to listen to this episode or is listening to this episode right now in an archive version, whether that's, you know, a podcast, some type of podcast app, player app. People throw MP3s around. And definitely, you know, whatever means you've come across this show, I want to say peace to you. Definitely, definitely. Welcome to the foundation.com. Make sure you check out the site. A lot of information on there. You sign up for the email list. I suggest you do As well as You know Peruse it At your leisure Cool Appreciate it if you do I am your host So L And once again welcome to Another episode A fine episode of The Foundation you're on High Frequency Radio Network. Why trust? Why now? It's pretty much what we're going to be on today. Public versus private in, in, in such a sense. But I, you know, hopefully I'm able to tackle it from a different angle. So it's easily, easily, <laughs> easily or 
easier understood <clears throat> as far as what I'm getting at. So, you know, what's, what's good with this trust stuff? Why do I need it? Why is it important? Why so much now? You know, and we're definitely going to get into that. But first, let me head over to these current events. At first, you know, I was looking at current events. I was looking them up. And it didn't seem like too, not too much was going on. But then I guess I waited a couple minutes because I had to let my eyes adjust to the current events and saw that there was a lot going on. So I'm going to start off by, this, by saying this. CNBC, Apple announces plans to repatriate billions in overseas cash. Says it will contribute $350 billion to the U.S. economy over the next five years. All right. So here we go. Apple today made a slew of announcements. But, or um, the most critical is about it, investment in and contribution to the U.S. economy, in part because of the new tax law. The headline from Apple is that it will make a $350 billion contribution, in quotations, to the U.S. economy over the next five years, although it's unclear exactly how the company came to that number. The company also promised to create 20,000 new jobs and open a new campus in the U.S. It said it expects to pay $38 billion in taxes for the hoard of cash it plans to bring back to the United States. This implies it will repatriate virtually all of its $250 billion in overseas cash. Apple also said it will spend over $30 billion in capital expenditures over the next five years. About $10 billion in capital expenditures will be investments in U.S. data centers and the other facilities the company said. Apple added that it will spend $5 billion, $5 billion as part of an innovation fund, up from $1 billion the CEO Tim Cook announced last year on CNBC's uh, Mad Money program. The job creation will include direct employment and also suppliers and its app business, which it had already planned to grow substantially. App developers earned $26.5 billion in 2017. So I don't know. I, you know if, I, if, I, if I was looking for a hobby, I would maybe start, you know, definitely messing around with building apps or applications for these devices. The new campus will focus on customer support. Today's announcement indicates that Apple will still have hundreds of billions of dollars in cash. It could spend that money on buybacks, dividends, or acquisitions on moonshot projects. We'll see about that. The announcement raises the bar for the world's most valuable company, now a huge driver of the economy, to continue its dominance and growth in the wake of political pressure on big tech companies. The plan calls for Apple to keep up um, 2018's $55 billion super cycle spending rate with domestic suppliers and manufacturers. We have a deep sense of responsibility to give back to our country and the people who help make our success possible, Cook said in a statement. 
2016, then-president-elect Donald Trump publicly called out Apple's reliance on its Chinese supply chain, telling the New York Times that he would get, quote, Apple to build a big plant in the United States or many big plants in the United States. End quote. Apple Apple shares were up about half percent after the announcement. So the shares were up about half half a percent after the announcement, adding about $5.6 billion to the company's market capitalization. Isn't that ridiculous? Okay, two things I'm pulling from this. One, uh, maybe, you know, these corporate tax cuts did help these companies repatriate, you know, money or maybe put in investments or something like that. I'm not saying it did or did. Uh, uh, I'm not, actually, I'm not saying it did. Like, you know, speculatively, apparently, it's helping. But, you know, as I noticed, and maybe you can check this out for yourself, AT&T announced a $1,000 bonus for like 100,000 employees and then turned around and laid off. Like, I don't know. I think it was around 20,000 or 30,000 employees, 35,000 employees or something like that. And then it was up in the air whether they were going to get the bonus. I don't know the numbers. Y'all got to look this up because I'm not looking at it. And I look at a lot of numbers, you know, every day. But bottom line is, is it's very unclear whether or not, you know, this is going to take any type of long-term effect as regards to the economy. And we'll see. I'm not, you know, against it or one of those shrills or shills hoping that something does happen to the economy. So I can be like, I told you so. Cause I, you know, I don't know. I do see things. Number two though, is Apple is doing fingerprint stuff with their phones. They're doing facial recognition with their phones. Uh, they're repatriating money. They're about to spend money with the government. It looks good, but it also looks like, you know, being that they're a major driver of the economy, and they're even stating this in this article. I'm just, you know, as far as I'm concerned, I'm having, I'm having issues with privacy. And, you know, I'm definitely having privacy concerns with that. And it's definitely something to look out for, in my opinion, when it comes, you know, if you're, if you're into stuff like, you know, privacy, that's up to you. Moving forward, that was on CNBC. Did I say that? If not, there it is. Uh, Reuters. Uh, my bad, Reuters. Uh, new US, the new U.S. tax law could impact paychecks by February. That's next month. It's actually a couple weeks. The first pay, paycheck to 2018 will be dispatched soon. But it may be weeks or months before taxpayers and payroll processors know how the new, the new U.S. tax laws will affect your take-home pay. The Internal Revenue Service said it expected to issue guidance in January on how much in taxes employers should withhold based on the new tax rates. Employers and payroll services then implement those changes starting in February. You might not even notice when it happens because the effect on your paycheck could be relatively small, depending on your income and your tax situation. When the taxes are reduced to 1% to 3%, this is not or that is not going to be a huge noticeable difference. It's not going to be hundreds of dollars. This is Pete Eisberg, Vice President of the Government Relations at ADP. This is the largest payroll processor in the United States, servicing the paychecks of one out of every six workers in the United States. 
A difference of $1,000, for instance, would be less than $40 a pot for a worker by week, paid by week. I mean, to me, less than 40 That You know, $40 is significant. I think that you know, could be dismissive. Your paycheck is not actually a clear indicator of whether your overall taxes have gone up or down because of the new tax law. There may be other factors in your tax situation, such as owning a property or having multiple children. That could affect how much you owe, quote, Uncle Sam at the end of the year. Be prepared for tax uncertainty until you do your taxes for 2018, a year or so from now. You cannot even estimate your taxes until tax professionals do it. Uh, tax professionals and do-it-yourself services like TurboTax update their software, and that cannot happen until the IRS releases the new withholding tables and issues more guidelines on the specifics of the tax changes. Uh, David Williams, Executive Director of Intuit Tax and Financial Center, said we will be ready to help our customers. We just need more information. So you may be tempted to get a jump on the IRS and change how much tax is taken out of your paycheck by adjusting your W-4 form. But that may be premature, warned um, Iceberg. Iceberg, I don't know. The IRS said in its last note that it would not or that it would be attempting to work with existing W-4 forms for now. The standard federal W-4, which all employees fill out, is based on the notion of allowances, which you could adjust based on your personal situation. In the past, a single person with three children in a home in a high-tax state like New York might have listed themselves as married and claimed one allowance per person plus a few extra because they were likely to itemize the deduction and owe less at the end of the year. A married person with a freelance spouse most quarterly taxes might have listed themselves as single to have enough taken out to cover for both of them. The goal of people adjusting their withholding was to come as close as possible to paying the correct amount of tax rather than owing money at the end of the year or ending up with a giant refund. But it will be a different match for 2018. For the first few weeks of January, stay put and see what the IRS comes out with. We also caution that employees should keep an eye on tax changes at the state level as well. Above all, do not panic, said Farshid Ferdowsi, president and CEO of Innova Payroll, which handles paychecks for more than 3,000 companies. When you have changes in taxes, it usually goes a lot smoother than most people know. If the first paycheck is wrong, it catches up to the next one, and that's the end of it. That was on that was on Rogers. I need to check that out. You know, we have a lot of employees to check out the show. Shout out to all the employees, you know, making moves, handling your business. You know you got to. And there's new stuff going out, so you know, stay stay put. You don't know. It sounded like for a second they might be changing the amount of allowances or deductions you can take on the W four. They might they be good. So this is on uh routers again, the Dow ends above 26,000 points on earnings optimism. So U.S. stocks jumped today, and the Dow closed above 26,000 for the first time ever in history, period. For real. As investors' expectations for higher earnings lifted stocks across sectors. So we got expectations, and that doesn't mean admitting to it in the first line of the, man, the Dow, also hit an all-time high in in trading, in trade day, 
intraday trading. Wow. It had briefly reached the $26,000 uh, 26, uh, point milestone on Tuesday in its, in its fastest 1,000 point rise to date before dropping back below that threshold. So it reached 26,000 yesterday, but then it closed today at over 26,000. The S&P 500, I don't care. Outlooks for future earnings are rosy as well due to lower corporate tax rates passed in December. <clears throat> With any significant policy action, there is an initial pop in the market. But then it sits and digests it. This is Brad McMillan, Chief Investment Officer of Commonwealth Financial Network in Waltham, Waltham, Massachusetts. I don't know. I'm sorry if you live there and I messed the name up. Now we're starting to get earnings guidance. At that point, the market starts to incorporate it as, yes, this is actually happening, as opposed to, well, this might happen. Okay? The Dow, you don't care. Boeing jumped 4.7%. IBM is up 2.9%. Several companies, however, saw their shares trade lower after with underwhelming earnings reports and forecasts. Bank seesawed as Goldman Sachs and Bank of America were reporting disappointing results. Um, Bank of America was down... 0.2% after a $2.9 billion one-time tax charge nearly halved its reported profit. Goldman Sachs fell four, four, uh, Goldman Sachs fell 1.9%, Ford tumbled 7%, General Electric was down 4.7%. So that's it for that. So those are the milestone, 26,000 points on the Dow. Congratulations. If you're doing that dance. Next, we got what we got here. Let's go into the U.S. Treasury slips, although the two-year yield hits 2008 highs after the industrial production beats expectations. This is on CNBC. U.S. government debt yields rose today after industrial production data beat Wall Street expectations. The two-year, uh, the yield on the benchmark for the two-year Treasury note hits. Uh, 2.0431%, its highest level since September of 2008. The yield on the benchmark 10-year Treasury note was higher at around 2.565%, while the yield on the the 30-year Treasury bond was slightly lower. So the 30-year is down and the the two-year is up. So we got here data was of importance during today's trade as an uptick in utility output carried U.S. industrial production higher. U.S. industrial production rose almost a a percent in December versus expectations of less than half a percent increase. The Federal Reserve's so-called Beige Book revealed that central bank believes the U.S. economy and inflation are are expanding. Multiple Fed districts documented increases in manufacturing and construction while the body remains optimistic that latent pricing will rise in the 2018 year. Bonds have been of key importance recently after big swings in the U.S. Treasury yields and news surrounding China. Last Wednesday, Bloomberg reported, citing people familiar with the matter, that officials in Beijing had recommended that China's government lowers or even potentially ceases its buying of U.S. sovereign debt. So China was talking about not buying any more treasury bonds and stuff like that. But China's currency regulator has since dismissed the report, 
which helped ease sentiment for investors across many markets. Markets remain on edge as concerns over a possible government shutdown weighs on sentiment. By the end of Friday, Congress has to pass a spending bill in order to prevent a government shutdown. However, Democrats and Republicans remain at odds over an immigration bill that the Democratic Party to pass. So here we go. Let me get into this. I got a couple more, and that's it. Regulatory fears hammer Bitcoin. Bitcoin fell below ten thousand dollars. So this is big news today. This is uh this is routers again. So Bitcoin fell as much as twenty percent today, piercing below ten thousand dollars, while other cryptocurrencies took similar spills due to investor fears that regulators could clamp down on them in an effort to curb speculation. Wow, the world's biggest best-known cryptocurrency at one point lost 30% of its value since yesterday. Bitcoin, despite some stabilization in late U.S. trading, was half its record peak of almost $20,000 set last month. Ethereum and Ripple, the number two and number three virtual currencies, tumbled after reports South Korea and China could ban cryptocurrency trading, sparking worries of wider regulatory crackdowns. There is a lot of panic in the market. People are selling to try to get the hell out of there. Yo, this dude said this. <laughs> said uh, this is uh, Charles Hater. Yo, this dude's last name is Hater. <laughs> Yo, so H A Y T R. Yo, <laughs> he said, get the hell out of here. Yo, what he said and his name is is amusing to me. This is the founder founder of Crypto Compare, which owns cryptocurrencies. He says you have more regulatory uncertainty, and because of these falls, you have these other fallouts. Uh, this is him. This is what he said, referring to the collapse of some cryptocurrencies and the recent slump in prices. Analysts at City said today Bitcoin could have again in value amid the current uh, routes, adding that a possible fall to the range of five thousand six hundred five dollars and $5,673, looks very likely to be very speedy, with South Korea, Japan, and China all making noises about regulatory swoop, and officials in France and the United States vowing to investigate cryptocurrencies. There are concerns that global coordination on how to regulate them will accelerate. Officials are expected to debate the rise of Bitcoin at the upcoming G20 summit in Argentina in March. Cryptocurrencies could be capped in the current quarter ahead of the G20 meeting in March, where policymakers could discuss tighter regulation. This was said by chief analyst of Alt Design. So the current route in Bitcoin and other digital currencies was a far cry from the dramatic run-up in 2017 when mainstream investors jumped on the bandwagon and as an explosion in so-called initial coin offerings, these digital token-based fundraising rounds drove demand in the cryptocurrencies. Bitcoin is deciding whether this is the moment to crash and burn, said Stephen Englander. He's the head of strategy at the New York-based Rafiki Capital. There have been nine instances, including the current sell-off going back to 2011, where Bitcoin's price was halved on the Bitstamp exchange. The last time 
was from November 2014 to January 2015. Today, Bitcoin fell as low as $9,222 on Bitstamp, its lowest price since December 1st. As CBOE and CME Bitcoin futures tumbled to contract lows. See, they're already doing contracts, and now you see how it's popping down? Popping down. The latest market loss is stemmed from reports that South Korea's finance minister said banning trading in cryptocurrencies is still an option, and that Seoul planned a set of measures to clamp down on the irrational cryptocurrency investment craze. Separately, a senior Chinese central banker said authorities should ban centralized trading of virtual currency, uh, currencies as well as individuals and businesses that provide related services. See, uh, my conjecture is that cryptocurrency holders are trying to decide whether to abandon Bitcoin because its limitations mean it will be superseded by better products or bet that it can thrive despite them, Englander, Englander said. While many observers say the recent fall show that the bubble has burst, those backing the nascent markets say the regulation is welcome and wild price swings are to be expected. The volatility of Bitcoin and other cryptocurrencies is an expected and important part of the journey to becoming a mature asset class. We expect the volatility to continue throughout uh, 2018, but fundamentally, we believe that Bitcoin is still in a bull market. This is Christopher Keishin, co-founder of Sapex Token Fund. Ethereum, the second largest cryptocurrency by market value, was down 15% since yesterday. According to CoinMarketCap and Ripple, the third biggest has lost 18% of its value over the past 24 hours and was quoted at $1.03 which is down from its high of $3.81. The run-up in Bitcoin created a mystique of one-way trading, which is being shaken. But the pricing requires faith that there will always be demand. This is, a far, this is far from guaranteed, given the existence of alternatives with better characteristics. Good to know. And related to that, the Ripple co-founder, so the co-founder of Ripple lost $44 billion in like two days. <laughs> the digital currency plunge has wiped billions from the paper fortune of cryptocurrency billionaire um, in just a few weeks. And I like how they specify wiped billions from the paper fortune of a cryptocurrency billionaire. Uh, Ripple has fallen 74% from an all-time high of $3.84 hit on January 4th, erasing $44 billion from the holding of Chris Larson, the co-founder and executive chairman of Ripple. With XRP, Ripple, um, the Ripple coin, coin trading near a dollar today, Larson now holds the equivalent of just $15.8 billion according to CNBC calculations using figures from Forbes. Citing sources at Ripple, Forbes said earlier this month that Larson has 50, uh, $5.19 billion of XRP and a 17% stake in the startup. Ripple holds $61.3 billion of the $100 billion XRP coins in existence. 
at XRP's peak at January 4th, Larson was worth 59.9 uh, billion. That made him one of the five richest people in the United States and wealthier than Google's founders based on Forbes' richest list. A Ripple spokesperson had nothing to add to add at the time and did not immediately respond to a CNBC request for comment Wednesday. Major, di- major digital currencies have plunged in the last two days. We were talking about that. So bottom line, I just want to talk about that. This dude lost $44 billion in like 24 hours. And that's not surprising. Beyond that, CNBC, gold holds near four-month ho- um, high despite stronger dollars. So that sounds like a surprise. Gold prices held near a four-month high today, even as stronger dollar made bullion more expensive for holders and other currencies. The price of gold has risen by about eight percent since mid-December. Uh, has, has risen by about eight percent since mid-December. Sorry about that. Helped by a weakening of the dollar to a three-year low against a basket of major currencies. Is the the, uh, the IMF basket of currencies. Uh, the euro gave up its three-year high against the dollar on uh, Wednesday today after comments by the European Central Bank officials su- suggested they may be concerned by the strength of the European single currency. The euro, is, the euro is down a bit against the dollar, which has led to gold coming off its highs, said Mitsubishi analyst Jonathan Butler. Butler said that gold is likely to remain within a range of 13000 to $13,400 in the short term as the dollar remained weak. However, the risk that global share prices could fall from record highs and strong growth around the world could stoke inflation, would support gold in the longer term, he said. Concerns regarding share price overvaluations and the possibility of rising inflation have reigned or reignited interest in gold. Uh, standard chartered analysts have raised their forecast for the average gold price this year for to $13,024 from $1,285. $200,000 funds bets contracts, which is up from the fewer than 80000 in mid-December, the past three weeks have seen the fastest rise in speculative position in gold on record, the standard chartered analyst said in a note. The past three weeks have seen the fastest rise in speculative position in gold on record. And these cryptocurrencies, especially Bitcoin, has been going sideways at the very least for at least three weeks. So what do you, I mean, I think, I think people are just cashing out and grabbing tangible assets, or at least I hope they are. But they added that the net long was still only 36% of total open positions and could rise further, which would help to drive prices higher. So gold is banging, y'all. And it's looking good. Those of you who have gold, hold on to it. Um, Unless you're, you know, looking to exchange it into silver, I would recommend that. Check this out. And y'all need to look this up. And this is it. I'm done with current events after this. I apologize, this is a long one. This is on uh, routers. Routers. I'm done. 
Auto, automakers and U.S. lawmakers hope for progress on self-driving car bills. So I'm saying you got to look this up. So automakers, U.S. lawmakers, hope for progress on self-driving car bills. Type that in because you got to look at this picture, yo. They got a picture of a car with no steering wheel, no brake pedals, no nothing on both sides in the front. This looks weird. Man, this looks weird. I knew it was coming, but it looks weird. Automakers and lawmakers expressed hope uh, yesterday that the United States Congress would soon pass a stall bill aimed at speeding self-driving cars to the market, even as safety advocates argue for more performance requirements. Man, y'all got to look at this picture. Ooh, I got to scroll down there. United States House of Representatives in September unanimously, unanimously approved a bill to quickly allow self-driving cars without human controls on roads, on roads, without human controls on the roads. A Senate committee approved similar legislation in October, but did not act before the end of 2017 after some Democrats raised concerns. At the Detroit Auto Show, which featured companies that are aggressively pursuing self-driving technology, members of Congress and automakers acknowledged it could take several months or longer for the bill to be approved by the United States Senate and signed into law, but said it had some, it had strong support. And there isn't much legislative time this year, said Representative Greg Walden, who is a Republican who chairs the Energy and the Commerce Committee. It's just it just needs to get done. What a quote. General Motors Company, Waymo owner, Alphabet Incorporated, Toyota Motor Company, and others have lobbied for landmark legislation. The Senate bill would allow automakers to each sell up to 80,000 self-driving vehicles annually, each 80,000 within three years, if they demonstrate they are as safe as current vehicles, three years, 2021. Auto safety advocates complain the bill lacks sufficient safeguards. The Alliance of Automobile Manufacturers, a trade association representing General Motors, Volkswagen, AG, Toyota, and others, urged speedy action. Delays in passing legislation are really delays in lives saved and in access to mobility for the disabled. So they're talking about saving lives and letting disabled get around. The group said on Tuesday, which, you know, I agree, but still got to be safety. I mean, how are you going to suspend the safety guidelines by saying the delays, uh, delays in passing the legislation really, de- really, really delays, are really delays in lives saved? You don't got no safety regulations. I mean, how do you know you're saving lives? GM said, said last week it would seek government approval under current law to deploy up to 2,500 vehicles without steering wheels and brake pedals. Y'all, I'm going to read that again. GM said last week it would seek government approval under current law. So they said this last week they're going to seek government approval under current law to deploy up to 2,500 vehicles without steering wheels and brake pedals. Yo, is this cool? Is this, like, super cool? Is this, like, the future? Or is it taking away your ability to control the vehicle that you paid for? I don't know. I've had people emailing me, and y'all can email me, admin at welcometothefoundation.com. Tell me what you think, because for real, 
you know, it's, it's, it's quite a toss-up as far as I'm concerned. The bill grants U.S. regulators authority to exempt vehicles from federal safety requirements and requires a determination within six months of an automaker request. Some Democrats have concerns, noting the measure would bar states from being able to test self-driving vehicles as they they do prospective human drivers. The car is not going to have to take a test, said former, former National Highway Traffic Safety Administration Chief Joan Claybrook at a Detroit forum, arguing that the bill should require binding performance requirements for cybersecurity and vehicle electronics. So you can know, hack your hack your whips, drive next to you, you know, getting range of your car, hack it, you crash, boom, toast, and I just keep driving. How do you know we how do you know I did that? She said in an interview that the proposed exemption, uh, the exemption policy is ridiculous. And the law should bar automakers from seeking exemptions for crashworthiness standards. I agree. Peter said states, excuse me, could still regulate self-driving cars, including by determining where they could be used and limiting their allowed travel speeds. Automakers have to check a lot of boxes to make sure these cars are safe, he said. This is interesting to me. I think it should be interesting to you, you know. Not only is it going to affect, you know, a lot of jobs, drive, you know, jobs for drivers and so on and so forth, those who are make their living off of driving, truckers, uh, delivery persons and, and whatnot, you know, that's definitely going to affect employment. People are going to have to, you know, find somehow, some way to transition into different types of employment or jobs. And there's a, I don't know about you, but there's a lot of taxes in New York. You understand? And there is a lot of incentives for the cities, companies, insurance companies, and so on and so forth, to get these these driverless vehicles on the road. They're going to save money in, in insurance rates. It's going to be cheaper to insure a machine than it would be to insure the person driving the machine. You know, something that we have to take into consideration. Understand the factors that are going into this type of push. Understand how if at all, will it affect me, some of the people around me, how will it affect my neighborhood, those who live in my neighborhood, and so on and so forth. I think, you know, these, these things are important. I also think it's important to note that within that article, they're trying to bypass regulations for safety, citing saving lives, the safety of lives, and getting the disabled around. I don't know about you, but if I have a disabled family member, you know, I don't want them riding around in a in a vehicle that doesn't have a driver who can make, you know, decisions based off of experience with this stupid traffic out here. People are retarded out here when they be driving and stuff. You know, I don't know if I want them in a in a vehicle that the manufacturer was able to bypass legislation. 
for safety as far as far as that vehicle goes. Would you? I wouldn't, you know. And what about the people who aren't keeping up on these types of things, this legislation, oh, it's just cool, here's a driverless car, you know, oh, it's a valet, you know, whatever, it's a shuttle, jump in it, you don't understand the safety ramifications. Don't, that aren't looking out for themselves. That's why, you know, that's the public's job is to take care of those people. Those are public people, you know. I think that's interesting. And I think it's um it's an important issue. Truck drivers, a lot of truck drivers, a lot of taxi drivers, taxi drivers, Uber drivers, Lyft drivers, delivery drivers. That's a lot of that's a lot of people. That's a lot of jobs. Straight up. Especially when you you talking about the entire country. That's a lot of jobs. I don't know. What do you what do you think? Email me, admin at welcome to the foundation.com. Let me know. I'm definitely interested. With that being said, that's it. That's it. That's kind of events. I appreciate it. So let's get into this. Why trust? Why now? Let's do this public versus private. You know, I don't I don't really want to get I don't really I try not to get real heavy in this stuff. You know, that's just one of my things. I don't I don't really like to do that. I don't like to go over people's head. I remember when I first started getting into, well, maybe not specifically trust because, you know, I've, I've, you know, I've had experience, excuse me, with, you know, corporations. And early on, when I started studying trust, I saw the correlation with the administration of a corporation and the administration of a trust. But, you know, when, when I was studying banking, you know, you know, commerce, you know, maybe the UCC, stuff like that. It was like really, really foreign to me. And I listen to people talk and they say stuff, you know, whether it's nationality or civic strength or like that, it's just way above my head. So, you know, this is the foundation. And with that in mind, I'm not looking to go too heavy into stuff. That I, I just like to make specific points. And, I, you know, when, when I say why trust, why now? I want to make it a point to address these specific questions because, you know, coming across this information, you know, beyond beyond being novel or something I've never heard of or very, very interesting or, you know, it sparks my my uh, inquisitiveness or something. Why trust? Why now? Why me? So let's get into that. Obviously, I'm going to start off by saying I'm not an attorney. I'm not a lawyer. I do not practice law. I do not give legal advice. If you need legal advice, you need to consult a competent, you know, legal representative. I speak on, you know, from the standpoint of experience and education. So bottom line, here's what it breaks down to. And I, and I find a lot of, you know, a lot of groups, 
individuals, a lot of, you know, movements that get involved in a lot of uh, abstract, maybe esoteric ways of defining, you know, what the beast is, commerce, the slave system or whatever. I'm I'm, going to break it down as simple as I possibly can from my understanding. The real thing, the real problem is, the real issue, here's the real issue. Here's the only issue. We accept and offer Federal Reserve notes when we do business, when we work, when we exchange our our time, our labor for value, we accept Federal Reserve notes. When we go buy shampoo, pay rent, we give and offer Federal Reserve notes. This 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 is the the whole foundation, okay, of this whole dance right here, in my opinion. The accepting and offering of Federal Reserve notes. It's, you can't you can't like patent or copyright dirt. You can distinguish between different dirts. This is, you know, red clay dirt. This is black dirt. And sell the dirt. And you're really selling the dirt based off of, you know, you obtaining it and, you know, separating it. Getting a presentation, maybe advertising it, and then, you know, selling it. Okay, so cool. But, like, you can't patent or copyright or trademark dirt, yo. And it's the thing with Monsanto. Monsanto... You know, they be they be patenting seeds, you know. But hey, they genetically modify these seeds that they're getting patents on. The problem with that is, is they're contaminating other crops, and then they're going to sue those farmers for using their patented products. And you know that's the issue. But hey, you know whatever. I don't I don't get involved with that. I just understand the legalities of that situation. So with that being said, Federal Reserve notes are number one is paper. But the actual design, who created them, so on and so forth, those are owned. It's, it's property. And because we use this property of the government, they have laws with regards to the use of their property, their Federal Reserve notes. That's it. So why trust right now? Um, let me break this down to you real quick. We've got the the basic thing is the required reporting of Federal Reserve notes, dollars. The use of Federal Reserve notes brings along with it a, repri- a required reporting. Right? That required reporting goes on a form or a return, what we know as a return. And 
with that being said, from that moment, we understand that it breaks down to the entity. And this is where a lot of disconnected from my understanding and my observance. It's not necessarily a tax on the use of Federal Reserve notes. There's a reporting requirement of their use of Federal Reserve notes. Depending on the entity that is receiving these Federal Reserve notes, there may or may not be a tax obligation. The required reporting of the use of Federal Reserve notes. So we have, whether you know it or not, there are lots, well, I mean not lots, but there's several, several types of entities that transact, that offer and accept Federal Reserve notes legally without, you know, trading the enemy act or whatever, you know, this is, this is all about legality. These, and this, this is not an exhaustive list, but we have what we're all conf- familiar with. And I'm going to go with the terms that the IRS uses on their forms, the reporting forms for the use of Federal Reserve notes. I'm being specific. We have the individual. We have the corporation. We have the sole proprietor, proprietorship which we understand is a disregarded entity of the individual. So the IRS disregards the sole proprietorship as a separate entity of the individual. Basically what it means is the IRS says your sole proprietorship is not other than you. It is you. We're going to tax it like it's you. You're an individual. Sole proprietorship equals an individual. Okay, corporations, sole proprietorship, S corporations, limited liability companies, or what is known as LLCs, also LL3Cs. L3C, there's a lot of, there's also limited liability partnerships. We also have charitable entities, nonprofit entities, such as hospitals, universities, museums. We have tax-exempt entities. We have trust entities and estate entities. These are, like I said, this isn't all of them, but this is the majority of the entities that are able to transact, offer, and accept in Federal Reserve notes and must report the use of Federal Reserve notes. Now, the individual which files a 1040 the corporation technically files an 1120 sole proprietorship is also the 1040 S corporation is that the 1120? I don't know if they have a special one limited liability company it depends 
because that could be a disregarded entity. So that could be a 1040, or that could be an 1120, or could, you know, depends on how it's set up. Charitable, they do their own charitable filings. Nonprofits do the nonprofit filings. Tax exempt do the tax exempt filings. And trust and estates do their own filings. The 1041. Now, of all these entities, there are only, well, there are few, depending on, because I'm not going to say a number because it depends on if you're looking at both public and private or if you're looking at just public or if you're just looking at private. So there are few that are able to pass 100% of its taxable income to its beneficiaries or to its shareholders or to its managing member or something like that. All of these, you'll have a private, you can have private estates, You can have private trusts. You can have private foundations, which are, you know, fall under um, a tax-exempt entity in the private. So when you see Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation, the Ford Foundation, Rockefeller Foundation, Carnegie Foundation, Mark Zuckerberg Foundation, you know, all these all these different foundations are private foundations, private entities that uh, are tax exempt. Have a have a public tax exempt designation from the Internal Revenue Service. No arguing. No default in the mouth. With an administrative process, man, none of that stuff. They send the private foundation a tax exempt determination letter. But that's another thing. Bottom line is all these entities may transact, offer, and accept Federal Reserve notes. So they're required to report these Federal Reserve notes. Now, check this out. Any entity that owes its existence to legislation, basically, if first with the, the matrix, uh, the nexus, the original point was created by the state. So your articles of organization, your articles of incorporation, you know, your certificate of incorporation, you know, your your certificate of assumed name, all of these things. They have a state seal on them. They're created by the state. They're governed by state legislation, period. So the legislation dictates how that entity can deduct or make deductions, write-offs, what have you, to, to mitigate and reduce taxation on the income tax because every entity that receives income must pay tax on that income. 
that's what a tax is. The income tax is, I mean, obviously. So once you have to pay a tax on the income, you don't want to pay the tax, that's tax. Evasion. That is against the law. Whereas tax avoidance is completely legal. So the individual, the sole proprietorship, the corporation, the sole proprietorship, the S corporation, the limited liability company, the public charitable entity or corporation, the public nonprofit, and public, you know, tax exempt entities. These are all governed by public legislation. So recently, there was changes in the tax code. The IRS is saying, wait, people, you know, professionals are saying, wait, we don't even know how it's going to affect individuals. We have a good idea on how it's going to affect corporations. It reduced the corporate tax rate to 21%, which is great for corporations. If you got a corporation, you're probably not too upset about that. But understand just how that happened, positive for corporations, it can be leg- legislated negatively as well. And then you, we just have to figure out what to do go pay these professionals what to do. Okay, so how do we do next, and how do I keep doing what I was doing last year, this year, as far as, like, paying my bills and stuff like that? Because it's governed by legislation. All public entities are governed by legislation. So the legislation determines what can and can and cannot be deducted. What the tax bracket is, what it isn't. For example... Corporations are only allowed to deduct 50% of business meals. So, you you know, you're going to go have lunch with a client or something. And, you know, you're having that lunch with the client. You're going to pay for that lunch with the client because, you know, that client's going to spend like $1,000 with your company or something like that, which means you'll probably take home around $5,000 and you'll do this in maybe four days. So you take them out to eat. Well, you can only expense 50% of that, even though that was 100% business meeting and a business lunch. That's an example of the legislation of these public entities. So why trust? Why now? You know, first and foremost, you know, we got to look at the public versus private. So that's why that's in the title or the heading of, you know, the show. Because as far as I'm concerned, if you're going to go do any of these things in the public capacity, good luck. And, you know, might as well just figure out what you're doing and do what you're doing the best. Bottom line is, if you understand the difference between public and private, you understand that, you know, I'm speaking on a private trust. So why do you do that? Bottom line is, a trust can disperse 100% of its income, of its taxable income to its beneficiary. The individual can do that. You know, it just can't be done. Corporation can do that. And then turn around and take a deduction on its return. 
this is what a trust can do. This is what a private trust can do, definitely. Why? Because a private trust isn't governed by legislation. The private trust, the indenture, the contract determines what an expense is. Not the government, not the IRS, not the state of Virginia or Massachusetts. It's a Massachusetts trust. So Massachusetts, I got to look at the Massachusetts statutes for trust, right? And I'm not saying that to be demeaning to anyone because, you know, everyone thinks just the things that are coming into information. It's private. It's a contract. That's what it is. And that's where the power lies. The contract itself determines what is an expense, how much is allowed to be deducted on the expense, so on and so forth. It's just a reporting requirement for the use of the, of the Federal Reserve notes. And in this manner, it's only with regards to the income, obviously, of the Federal Reserve notes. <laughs> <laughs> How it's taxed and how the income is dispersed. <laughs> wow. How you do that? So really, you know, it's very simple to simplify things. That's why. While uh, a trust can uh, the trust, the contract trust can avoid probate costs, uh, probate, any type of probate court, inheritance taxes, probate taxes, death taxes, gift taxes. Why? Because the trust never dies. And, you know, if you know what you're doing or you get with someone who knows what they're doing, when the contract is executed, it becomes a federal entity. Not, not under any of the laws of the several legislatures. That's actually like kind of a chopped up Supreme Court citation. Supreme Court justice. If you understand the power in that, you understand why. Um, you're going to protect your assets from the lit- litigation, from creditors. You know, they're going to sue you. You don't own anything. The trust owns it. Sue me if you want. Go ahead. That's why. Why now? Because it's important. I hope you understand that these guys. This administration for the United States just changed up the whole tax law. Check it out. And no one sitting right now today. And today, I don't usually do this, but I'm going to quote today. Today is January 17th, 2018. And I just read an article where they talk about they don't even know. And the IRS hasn't even released tables so people can figure out what the implication of the tax, the new tax laws are going to be. It's 100% up in the air. People got to make their mortgages. People got to buy food. People got to continue to do what they're doing as far as like supporting their families and so on and so forth. But and I, and I got like I still have to go to work, so I can't stop working. So there's unknown implications with regards to 
you know, taxing of the income that you're generating off your energy and your time, your time in traffic or on public transportation to get there or whatever you're doing. And your wealth, your, your energetic wealth is being eroded. Before it even gets to you through taxation, through through withholding of taxes, that's why. That's why I trust. That's why now. Family member of mine is in the hospital. It's not looking too. It's not looking too well. In a scramble, you know, I got a, you know, some calls. Another family member went to this family member's house and took something out of there, and it's just a whole bunch of crazy stuff going on. That's why, because I mean, you never know when you're gonna be incapacitated. You never know when you're gonna go. It protects your assets. It, it facilitates multi-generational wealth. It makes it so much more easier for you to leave something for your for your heirs for the next generation. And if you do it right, it's automatic. You can still spend all the money that you make in life, and still leave something for your family. And I have to worry about putting something aside. You just spend all the money. And not have to worry about leaving something for your family because it's already being taken care of. You hear what I'm saying? These things are only allowable through trust. And I'm not talking about a public trust either. Don't go to your attorney and be like, yeah, I don't trust. I'm telling you, they're going to write it up for you. They're going to take your money. And at the top of it, it's going to say revocable trust agreement, not irrevocable trust contract and that is a huge difference trust agreements fall under legislative authority trust contracts the authority and the governing of the entity is the contract itself that's an important distinguishment just trying to you know help make the distinguishment I mean, you know, that's pretty much it. I don't, you know, I just, I want everyone to understand what's going on. Bottom line, as far as I'm concerned, we do things, whether with our job or place of employment or business or whatever, we exchange our energy on this earth each day that we will never get back, ever. A gift from our creator, our ancestors, our parents, whatnot. Not from this job or the IRS or nothing. And when we receive that exchange it's being eroded specifically because the entity we're receiving that exchange in and the currency that we're using to represent that earth that uh, that energy in that exchange we don't really have too much choice on the currency United States dollars is accepted across the world at this point a lot of people are calling for the fall of the dollar it might be happening if it's happening it's happening pretty slow but right now, it's accessible all across the world. I don't see that changing anytime soon. 
But I can definitely, and we can definitely, change the way we accept this currency. So in that way, it changes the way uh, or the implication with regards to the IRS and the taxes of the use or non-taxing of the use of these Federal Reserve notes. And yeah, that's about it. I'm definitely, definitely going to go to the phone lines here in a second. I do want to say, you know, definitely go to www. I mean, who does that anymore? Does anyone say the W's? Welcome to the foundation.com. Definitely. Sign up for the email list. Keep up with the information. Continue with your private education. Whether or not you can go private with the education itself. Yet, is not a determining factor in whether you continue your private education. It's very important. So, highfrequencyradionetwork.com. Welcome to the foundation.com. They're good uh, resources to help you move down the path of investing in your private education. And I also want to say, you know, I do assist those in their private transition. It would be an honor if I could assist you. If you're interested in an all, uh, if you're interested at all, email me, admin at welcome to the foundation.com. That's A D M I N at welcome to the foundation.com. With that being said, I'm going to go to the phone lines. Appreciate y'all being here, yo. Things could be better today. But I definitely appreciate y'all being here. So with that being said, oh, my bad. We got uh, about nine minutes left in the show. So I'm going to take a caller or two, and then I'm going to close out. You know, I'm going to get back to the fam. Things are kind of crazy right now. Uh, First caller, 718-718-8092. Every code, 718 8092 piece. What's your name? Where you calling from? What's up? What's up? Who that Yeah, that's you. Go on there, peace. What's the deal? What's the deal? How you doing? It's Dal from Brownville. How you doing, Sal? Oh, peace, Daryl, man. I'm doing well. How you doing? I'm all right. I'm over here just chilling in Albany Projects right about now. Albany Projects? Yeah, uh huh. Is that it? Is that in Brownsville? Best guy in the house. Yeah. Oh, peace. You heard that say best guy. Best guy in the house. You heard that, right? Yeah, I heard that. Yo, so, yeah, how you doing? How how you how you and your loved ones? Yeah, I'm doing well, man. You know, all things That's good. good. I didn't get it. How about you? I didn't get it. I'm over. I didn't get an email from you. I don't think my sister coming on tonight. 
I'm about to email you. Uh, yeah, I didn't see the email. I'm on the Android right now because at my Apple, I always get the email on my Apple. But you know, um, all the electronic things been messing up lately. You know. Oh yeah. Uh, yeah. Look, man. I, I'm gonna re- let me resend it. I'll resend it. How about you email me so you so I know I got the correct email. Do all right, definitely, me. definitely. Yeah. I would do that. Just resending it if I'm sending it to the wrong spot. Okay. All right. All right. Yeah. So um yeah so 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 we're here like uh, I'm just like I'm cooling out, relaxed and everything, and I'm back on track because I'm I'm going to work full time now. You know I wasn't doing that for quite a while. You know, so I'm I'm working again. So um getting everything in order. You know, I right. I'm not taking on any I'm not taking on anything that's not my responsibility. I'm knowing my purpose. A lot of people don't know their purpose and um and um I think um we as uh, business persons or whoever we deal with, we have to know the purpose. Um the people who we deal with and um what what our our purpose towards them and what you know, where do we, uh, where are we stand with them because sometimes People, um, you know, um, we're only good for some things. We're not good for everything. And a lot of them is not going to give us, um, they're not going to be fair with us. And being that they're not going to be fair, um, I feel we, we need to know our place. A lot of people don't know their place in business. A lot of um, people don't know their they place in life. And as um, as family members, as business people, we need to know uh, where we stand at. Um, and... Um, and once we know where we stand at, we know how to proceed from there. Because if if they, if, if, they if, if if we knew how we stand in the past and how we stand in the, uh, presently, we would know how we stand in the future. And um, a lot of people um they they don't know that, and um and because they don't know that um they make a lot of um bad decisions. And um and once you know where you stand and you know your purpose, I think life will be better for all of us if we would stop making bad choices. And um, that's why I want to say to everybody listening, um, like that, you know. Appreciate that. Yeah, I think uh, I think what you said is important, or one of the things you said is important. Thank you for that. But you know, yeah, you, you gotta know, so. you gotta know where you where you are in order for you to know where you're going. You know. I have somebody want to talk to you. Um, Say it again. Ask somebody wants to talk to you. There she is. Probably you that. Yes. Speak a little. Speak a little. Stop. Don't be shy. She's shy. She don't want to talk on the phone. <laughs> but uh, so L, I'm gonna let you take the next caller. Peace and love to you, and um, you know uh, I'm gonna send you out the email. Um, what time you? Uh, I'm gonna let you take the next call. I'm gonna hold up the line, and peace and love to everybody out there, and all of y'all know your place out there, know your purpose. Appreciate you, man. Thanks for calling in. I appreciate you too, so L. All right, peace. Right, appreciate you. That's uh, you know, definitely, brother Daryl from Brownsville. 
long time holding it down for you know the foundation. I appreciate you, family. Actually, you know, I got some stuff going on, y'all. And I apologize, but I'm about to close out. I know I got callers, man. I don't usually do this, so you please forgive me and I apologize. But I'm gonna end the show. But I do want to say that it's there's definitely an opportunity right now, regardless of what's going on with politics, what's going on with the Internal Revenue Service and taxes, and, you know, the geopolitical climate, uh, socioeconomic issues that may or may not be affecting you and your family. These things happen, and these things in most cases tend to persist but what I am saying is the creative aspect the creative part of our spirit it's important to cultivate that and in order to cultivate that we need to be honest fair and most importantly loving to ourselves because ingenuity and creativity and just understanding that you are a creator and thinking of how you can do something is the most powerful thing on this planet. And I know the times are turbulent, times are rough, we're going through stuff. But ultimately, like I said, this dude had 44, he lost $44 billion, but he's still a billionaire. And yeah, he's a founder of one of these Bitcoins. But there's a lot of millionaires and billionaires People who just put like a hundred or so dollars And bought some Bitcoin And just held it for like three years And that was a gamble And maybe it hurt And maybe there's a lot of people who cashed out Once it started skyrocketing But if you put a hundred dollars in the Bitcoin You know, it's, it's, in a certain time period It's very easy that you would have You know, close to half a million dollars And that's important You know, that's, that's being creative That's doing something different and it's important that uh, we get into the habit of do, being creative and doing things differently. Because as we continue to live, we are going to see that creativity is going to continue on around us. We're going to see this with, you know, self-driving cars and technology. We're going to see this with more advanced uh, phones, communications, travel. We're gonna, we're gonna see this, you know, with space exploration, you know, all types of other stuff. And with these changes in technology, these changes in geopolitical climate, these changes in asset classes, these changes in understanding that hey, maybe a cryptocurrency is an asset class, and we just need to. Ride it out through the correction These things are going to happen And if we're not being creative And tapped into this Part of ourselves There's a lot of stuff that we're going to miss And not because we're not capable Not because We're not smart enough And definitely Definitely not because we're not capable I mean not capable But definitely not because That we don't have the ability But just because we didn't act on it Or we didn't cultivate it
So that's definitely what I the type of message that I would want to leave as we close out, you know, this episode. And that is this. Things are going to continue to change. Some are going to be good, perceivably. Some are going to be bad. And that's okay. Bottom line is, is that if we can stay aware, keep studying, be good to ourselves, enjoy ourselves and love others, we're going to be more than all right. Somebody told me about some cryptocurrency, someone that I cared about, someone that I trusted for real, and someone who trusted me. And if it wasn't for this person telling me nothing, I wouldn't have done a thing. But I did, and I did what they told me to do, and I made thousands of dollars. You know? And I got all what he told me to do, and that stuff lost half its value. So, just be open. Be open to new things, be open to new experiences. And be open to change. So that way, your openness will allow you to be prepared and allow you to transition into this new, ever changing three dimensional reality we call existence on this planet Earth in this current commercial system as we attempt to exchange our labor. In essence for value To enjoy our lives Feed ourselves Shelter ourselves And the ones that we care about And do good things All at the same time Thank you very much For tuning in To this episode of the foundation I definitely appreciate y'all Every single week Once again admin at welcome to the foundation.com you want to email me you got any questions comments complaints or if you just want to you know voice your appreciation I appreciate it welcome to the foundation.com at least sign up to the email list and download some free PDFs everybody likes free stuff I know I do and continue to work Continue to get back up when you slip and continue to invest in yourself. And I believe in you. I know you can do it. I love you and I want to see you do your best. We all want to see you do your best. No one wants to see you fail and no one wants to disappoint you. Y'all have a great week. Enjoy yourself. Love yourself. Have some fun at least once on purpose. Eat some good food. Enjoy some good company. Come back next week. Holler at me. Welcome to the foundation. Peace to the gods. Doing this thing all the way live. High Frequency Radio.